everybody back to the nudist colony. The I don't know tea, you don't know tea. Let's all go eat at the ice cream tea. Nudist colony, the nude metal discussion podcast. My name's Ross. Let's go eat at the ice cream tea. Yeah. Like Tarler. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> it's been a stressful stressful yeah. time right so uh, you mentioned that on the static x episode uh i'm yeah. your co-host brent and today on the hidden track episode we're going to talk about issue one of gen 13 a comic gold book that came out in 1994 yes from Wildstorm and image comics now a dc property yep so there's that information they're just no longer a team they're just like spread out willy-nilly all over a bunch of books sometimes sometimes yeah. not uh-huh does their past is it still canon who knows no one <laughs> nobody <laughs> yeah um yeah uh yeah it it was odd it was odd going back mm. and reading that especially because i had I, I haven't gone back and read that in a long time yeah yeah um so do we just want to jump straight to to the gen 13 or do we got to, oh wait what am i thinking jesus christ my brain uh if you listen to last week's episode uh, discuss a little bit but if you didn't um i'm lagging a little bit we had a big storm come through tulsa knocked out a whole bunch of shit um knocked out my power uh, i've been out of power at my house for three days and it's been butt crazy hot been helping my parents <laughs> clean up yada yada you heard all this last week uh so just a little bit off my game um because we record these at the same time if who cares um <laughs> So last the Static X episode and this 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 week's episode recorded the same on the same day. Right, uh, I'm living with uh, with my homie here. Yes, um, and we have a ball of time. We ate tacos, and tonight mm-hmm. we're going to drink Mountain Dew. That's right, and a big change of pace for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. try some Mountain Dew. So I today I was like, man. Um, what are we gonna do? I don't ha- I don't have like a I don't have a Mountain Dew varietal. Mm-hmm. Um, panicking like this is it we've we've, we've hit the end of the line boys this is it <laughs> what are we gonna do and then what am like, i gonna do well okay then god was like Wink. she she thank you mm-hmm. her god um was like hey bro brah check this out light of heaven shone through the hole in the target which was ripped off by the storm the 100 mile an hour wind storms that we had uh but uh she did it so anyways mm-hmm. what am i talking yeah we got a new mountain dew flavor today yes um i was shocked that it, i was able to find this um had you heard of this before never heard it? of it totally expected to go to to today's record um not having anything and we're just mm-hmm. we were just gonna drink water i don't know some boring oh my god but uh no um uh alanis Moore set herself um shown down on me mm-hmm. uh collective soul started playing in the background <laughs> whoa, whoa and i found a glorious beautiful pink bottle of baja caribbean splash this is mountain dew with a blast of natural and artificial artificial guava flavored i think it's not guano Oh my God! Can you imagine? Yeah, it's like a tie-in to Ace Ventura Two when <laughs> Nature Calls. <laughs> I was gonna say, is the only reason anybody knows that bat poop is called guano? <laughs> guano is that because of Ace Ventura Two? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. And also that a human can fit uh, or squeeze out of a rhinoceros's <laughs> rectum. Uh, controversial, controversial take. Uh, Ace Ventura Two is better than Ace Ventura One. I mean, 
Ace Ventura 1 certainly doesn't hold up. Well, look, Ace Ventura 2 doesn't <laughs> that, I mean. Neither of them do, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any depiction of an African tribe in the 90s, mm-hmm. almost guaranteed to be yeah. pretty offensive. But compared to the first one, uh, it seems like a fucking Barney episode. This is ref- this is a reference people understand. Barney. I mean, like, a lot of old Jim Carrey movies don't hold up. Like, in the mask, he was in green face the whole time. It's Ugh. just like, fucked Ugh. up, dude. You know what does hold up? What's that? Cameron Diaz. And that movie. Well, well yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I the first time I saw that movie, I, I didn't get to see it in the theaters. Um, my parents rented it. We were all watching it together as a family because it was like mm-hmm. PG-13. So I was like, okay, there's not going to be anything too bad in here. Mm-hmm. Um, when did the movie come out? Probably like 94, 95 maybe? I'll look it up. <clears throat> Somewhere in there. 94, 95, I'm, I'm going to guess. You're talking about The Mask, right? I, I couldn't have been yet. So I, I was young enough to be embarrassed by this. Um. 1994, the same year as Gen 13 number one. Hell yes. Uh, so I would have been 11. So possibly 11, possibly 12, whenever we rented this on video. Super excited to see it because it's a huge Jim Carrey fan. Um, and that scene where uh, Cameron Diaz works walks into the bank. Mm-hmm. And she had just come out of the rain. She's wearing that little red dress. Um, you know, like whenever like a sex scene would come on with your parents, you'd be like, oh, what? I think, do you, do you, do you hear something? I'm gonna, yeah. check, I'm gonna go check on some. Hold, hold on, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was so uncomfortable to see nudity on screen with your parents. <clears throat> Violence, no, who cares? Uh, but <laughs> right. nudity, it was like, oh Jesus. Um, and when she came onto that screen, she was in that uh, little red dress. Man, I, mm-hmm. um, I felt like that embarrassment. Like I was watching a sex scene, fully clothed woman. Yeah. But she was just so smoking hot. I was like, this. Might as well be pornography to my 11-year-old brain. Yeah. Like, she was voluptuous. <sighs> sure, yeah. My goodness. She looked great. Uh, did you know that The Mask, Ace Ventura 1, and Dumb and Dumber all came out in the same year? Wild, right? Yeah. That is crazy. Holy Killer shit. Killer year for Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like one right after the other. Everybody the was... Other. People complain about Marvel movies? Mm-hmm. Come on. What about the Ventura-verse? Yeah. You know? Jesse this is the out. body Ventura. <laughs> Bit detective. The MK Ultra program <laughs> has brainwashed this cockatoo <laughs> to sniff out bombs in Vietnam. I'm sorry, ma'am, but your chihuahua will never recover. <laughs> Henry Kissinger belongs in pet jail. <laughs> Lock him up in the pound. <laughs> I love I love Jesse Ventura. <laughs> unironically, the man wears tie dye shirts with fringe leather vests, like, <laughs> and he like baller ass move, like, yeah. um, and and uh, I once heard once heard somebody say, um, uh, Ace Ventura, or Ace Ventura. <laughs> Jesse Ventura. Uh, seems like the craziest man in the world, right? Like, it, like he might say I, something like, yeah, uh, you know, uh. Aliens were involved in the Guatemalan overthrow of the government in 1964, you know, and you'd Mm -hmm. be like, oh boy. And then he keeps talking and it's like, the more you listen to him, by the end you're like, no, I believe everything you say. (laughs) Like... He he has like a, an air of like conspiracy theories around him, but then you hear him talk and you're like, oh shit, he, I think he's right. Like he m- might actually have a point. Weirdly, weird. I've never like listened to him talk. Oh, long you should to like like get into it, all that. Any interview you check out is just fucking wild and hilarious. And by the end of it, you're gonna be like, 
This is this man needs to be run for president. Like, <laughs> he is incredible. Uh, back in the long, long ago, when I was an avid listener to the Adam Carolla show. Yeah. Oh boy, that was a time. The Ace Man. The Ace Man. Yeah. Yikers. Anyway, uh, Jesse Ventura called in. Oh man. Uh, and he was calling from an undisclosed location in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go down to Mexico and cool my heat, just cool my feet for a little bit. I hear they have a chupacabra down here <laughs> that needs some dental surgery, stat. Things got a little too hot in Minnesota if you catch my drift. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I could do Ace Ventura. I, I could call it Ace Ventura. God damn it. I could do Jesse Ventura quotes or improv all night long, and it would not ever stop being funny. But let's let's go ahead and crack this bad boy. Yes, um, yeah, Mountain Dew. Enter for a chance to win a $500 Taco Bell gift card. Guess who's doing that shit? Interesting. Here we go. Oh, well, yep. not the best. <laughs> I guess they have the, the Taco the Bell tie-in because it is a uh, varietal of Baja Blast. Is yes. the thing, right? So yeah, yeah. Baja Blast is normally like a, a wonderful seafoam green color. This is like a uh, uh, a pinkish color. It's like a, like a nice salmon color. It's like a rosé. A, ro- a little bit of a rosé, you know? Yeah, this could almost... <laughs> This could um hold on, I'm trying to I'm trying to do a uh, uh an ace man voice uh a, a Adam Adam Carollo uh, I I need a Zyrtec hold on no it's not good um but do you remember he had um uh uh Mangrias yeah because I, I wanted some at the time but no I'm glad I his I masculinity was so fragile that he couldn't bear to drink a sangria even though he admitted to liking it so he yeah. had to create a mangria what was the difference nothing he I, just, I think it had like more alcohol it oh. had a higher ABV but I mean just drink more of it yeah you know well, okay he's yeah. God, he that man fell off hard. Yeah, he's I now touring him. with Dennis Prager from Prager U. Oh, he he's been on that for a long time. Yeah, but uh, I loved him on uh, fucking Love, Love Line, Line back oh. in the day. <laughs> he and Doctor Drew. That was like appointment listening oh. back in like the early two thousand. I remember the 90s, next early the next day at school, we'd be like, "Dude, you listened to Love Line last night? Mm-hmm. Asshole, so big with Mason Jar, like all the <laughs> shit, like." Uh, Love those things. I found a while back there was a, uh, a somebody had a Loveline um, like database where they had every single episode of Loveline, yeah, like archived. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was listening to some old ones, and man, it was fucking great. And he wasn't he he seemed perfectly I mean, normal, normal, but like not like whatever the fuck he is now. Yeah, like he he really like has fed his own ego in such a yes. Uh, a disturbing way not like he's i don't know that he's I, i've listened to like an episode here and there over like the year like scott ackerman was on there to promote um between two ferns the oh, netflix movie really yeah oh fuck i gotta and listen, I listen to, that. to that holy shit and uh i mean it was like i just like scott you know sure yeah yeah and uh i don't know i like i i was a daily listener of adam carolla for several years yeah and then like I just got to a point to where I was like, I'm not enjoying this. No. I'm only listening to it out of habit. And so I just like eventually stopped. And yeah, like I'm, after listening okay. to his like 30th rant about how kids don't want to work anymore and how he used to work and be a roofer. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. like fuck what your politics are, man. Like yeah. you were just fucking annoying. And I don't think he was like political at that point. Yeah. I stopped listening to him before he went that route, but just 
his constant fucking bitching every day about how people are lazy. Yeah. I, I just it, I got unlistenable. There was a I liked it a lot when Allison Rosen was on there. I fucking yes, love Allison yes. Rosen. Yeah, she was great. And uh he was showing off the cover to like his third book or whatever and uh, you know, it's an audio medium, but he would like post the photos on their website or whatever. So the audience could see it or whatever. And it's like him in an uncle Sam hat. And I was like, oh, okay, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, I get it. It's not like, especially funny or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, well there's that. Yeah. And that was the same reaction that both, uh, Allison Rosen and then, uh, bald Brian on the right. show had. <laughs> and then he got pissed off later. It's like, well, it would be nice if you had like a, a larger, uh, uh, reaction to it or something like yeah. that, but it's like it didn't warrant that. And <laughs> like, sometimes you would think like he was doing a bit, and mm-hmm. you'd be like laughing along with it, and then it would like hit some weird, awkward point where you're like, "Oh, he's not doing a bit; he's actually upset about something." Yeah. Like, and it was uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. you're a comedian; you're supposed to not. You're supposed to just like have fun. <laughs> yeah, I think he really just uh, again just he stoked his own ego enough. Yeah, and. Uh, crotchety old man syndrome <laughs> it's like joe rogan uh those type of listeners yeah th- it's just like an echo chamber and they like yeah. feed into it we don't have that problem here we don't have any listeners no nope. except for dave shout out to dave yes what up dave <laughs> what up dave hey he liked one of my pictures on instagram today dave hell you, yeah you're a dude you're yeah. listening to this what up dave dave's the damn dude he is yeah like that guy and dave you can have that never talked to him but he seems like a very <laughs> cool dude he is great yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's drink these bad boys. Let's try it. Here we go. I, I'm sorry. What, what was the name of that again? Uh, Baja Caribbean Splash. Yeah. Clink. Uh, here we go. Clink. Oh yeah, gotta yeah, tap you the... gotta tap it on the bottom. Make sure there's not any uh, fizzy sex pills in this. Hmm. That is a summer bop right oh, there. Oh my god. That's good. That's good as fuck. That's good. That is really good. Man, throw. Take those two O's out of good, make it a U, and throw an umlaut out <laughs> over that son bitch. An umlaut. Umlaut. Shibop, 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 umlaut. Shibida. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, that is, wow. That is a definite pit for me. Yeah, I uh, I really like it. It's uh, This is one of the best ones I think I've ever had. There's something. No Jeez, uh, I wonder what this uh, this flavor is. We should uh, talk Guava? about the. We got to talk about the. Oh yeah, oh, the label right kicks ass. Yes, everybody go out and buy this. This shit rules. If, uh, you're, if you're gonna be like by the pool or you're gonna be like outside, like this mm-hmm. is just a refreshing, yummy drink right here. It is. It this could stand on its own. This is like its oh, own yeah. Baja Blast for sure. Know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a a fun toad or a frog on yeah. the left side of the label, and then a blowfish. And the uh, split open quavas, uh, yeah, this is great. That I, toad fucking rules too. Again, I like all of this. This modern Mountain Dew, like the special labels, yeah, all of this art. Whomever does this, like, I'm tempted to get like a tattoo sleeve of some of this <laughs> shit. You know, just like pick my favorites. Get the uh, the apple that's playing the drums. Dude, that yeah, apple yeah. ruled. Man, um, wasn't there like there was a there was a company a while back? I forget who it was. I think it may have been Mountain Dew um, for their, I think it was just for their cans only. We're just hiring tons of like street artists and mm. like, not like big name graphic artists, but like, yeah. excuse me, um, like uh, more, um, uh, I don't want to say amateur either, but you know, like 
un- unrecognized artists mm-hmm. um like up and coming up and coming like yeah. and they had like a really cool street style i think it was mountain dew and they had like there was like a hundred different ones yeah and so you could just go and get a can and like almost always get like a, a cool new picture and like there were some there was some really good shit on there i forget who, who com- what company that was but which more companies would do that like yeah um like change it up like have your generic logo on there or whatever but then yeah like go out there and find some cool artists and just I yeah. mean, you're helping them out and it's it's exciting to see like you know what what uh, uh what label you get you mm-hmm. know it's it's a, it would be fun yeah and like the the mountain dew is recognizable from a distance that oh, the yeah. actual logo is big and uh you can see it like across an aisle or whatever but like what you get up close and really examine it you know look at the details <laughs> it's just uh it's it's playful it's fun to look at and uh yeah you tell this artist was having a great time you know what you put a little vodka in here you put a little gin in here oh they're gonna say jizz <laughs> yeah. yeah that's some jizz in here oh yeah dude come in a lady's drink why is this so salty well the white russian <laughs> <laughs> duh 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 <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I don't know how to transition from that, yeah. but I do have a song that I want to oh, play. Yeah. Uh, this is a song that kind of piggybacks on our discussion from the Static X episode that we're recording next. Uh, I know this this is confusing. Uh, not really, but like you know, I just hope that I rem- yeah, I hope yeah. things are laid out the way we want them to be. Yeah. Whatever the case, who who gives a shit? Uh, this is a song called Crash. Uh, this is also kind of by Static X. It's billed on their um, uh, – they have an album called Beneath Between Beyond uh, that is a um, kind of like B-sides, rarities, that type oh, of thing, yeah, you yeah. know? And uh, this song is uh, – it originally came out by Mephisto Odyssey. It's like an electronic huh. uh, or an electronica group or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was – it had crash featuring static x on it and i think it's just like wayne and then uh their guitarist uh ken uh marino uh their guitarist on there ken and um yeah so i'm going to play that and i want you to tell me if this sounds familiar to you at all Got some real late '90s vibes. Oh yeah, absolutely. You could see this at like in credits for yeah. Dracula 2001 or whatever. PlayStation One start screens. <laughs> I've never heard this. You've never heard this? No. I I'm like digging this. it though. Yeah, I liked this song a lot back in the day. I actually bought, again, this is back when we were younger, and you had to like, yeah. if you heard a song you like, right. you had to buy an album yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. Unless you lucked out, it was on a soundtrack that had other good songs. But this was the only song I ever listened to on this album. I think the rest of it wasn't for me. But yeah. uh, this one I like a lot. And he's got a real like subdued vocal performance. This is Wayne Static singing. Yeah. Here's the chorus. Okay, that's much more like. This doesn't sound familiar at no, all. No, not at all. Interesting. 
We've got a Sounds little... like a Crystal Method remix of a Static X song, but I mean, that's yeah, that work. Give it to me. Yeah, uh, we have a, a little bit of a different uh, setup today, listener. So uh, the the music doesn't sound as full as it normally does. Uh, sorry, you yeah. Know. Sorry, we I just don't know. survived an apocalyptic rainstorm, <laughs> windstorm. It wasn't tornadoes, you know? It was no. wind. That's what the weird thing was. Yeah. Yeah, here in Oklahoma, uh, like the part of Oklahoma you and I live in, we didn't have tornadoes. I think it was like further, like more rural areas yeah. where there was a chance of tornadoes popping up. But yeah, this was just like straight up 100 mile an hour, like corridor of wind. Yeah, like sustained wind. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. wild. I think we probably discussed all this. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Or we'll discuss it, uh, slash have discussed it. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. It's great. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is... Uh, Just Mep- listen to the music. <laughs> Mephisto Odyssey featuring uh, Static X. The song Mephis- is Crash. So, is Mephisto Odyssey, are they, like, I guess they're an electronic group? I, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah. Um, they erased Spider-Man's marriage, uh, first oh, of all. Hey. Okay. Then, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about them other than, like, this song, really. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how successful they were beyond uh, that. that Mephisto Odyssey is such, like, a 90s rave uh, <laughs> DJ yeah. group name. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got a crystal method thing going on there. Yeah, got a, like, break beat here. Yeah. digging it i like it though yeah it's good but you know this was like the era of static x where it's just like everything was pretty fucking good you know right some of their later stuff i didn't really care for all that much but yeah first first couple of albums i like quite a bit and there's a song off of the uh third album uh i i can't remember what it's called but uh whatever that first track is i listened to recently i like that quite a bit Hope she don't crash. That's the name of the song, dude. What? Holy shit, dude. Oh, I get it. These guys are playing two-dimensional chess. We're like some sort of suicide squad. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. One of the worst (laughs) lines in modern movie history. Truly. I don't remember that. Uh, I tried to to block out that uh, that first suicide squad movie. (laughs) Not for me. Not for me. Nigh unwatchable. That's the, uh, yeah, Jared Leto was in that one, right? Yep. He was sending fucking he, he used damaged. condoms to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there's that song. Daddy, how did the world die? Well, <laughs> it started with Jared Leto sending Margot Robbie a diseased rat. <laughs> and then Viola Davis, a unused condom, <laughs> but it was unfurled for sure. He just licked it now. It's like, <laughs> just that gross, honey. All I don't right. like Jared Leto. I've never liked Jared Leto, and then a lot of shit came out about him, and I was like, okay, I was justified. Yeah, it is nice when stuff like that happens where you're like, now everyone is like coming to my side of the street on yeah. the thing, you know? I don't have to use, I just don't like his face anymore. Yeah. There are like so many things to not like about him now. Yeah. Truly. Obviously, the worst thing, Morbius. Uh, then like, you know, Morbid other time. things. Yeah. The new trailer for uh, oh Craven boy. dropped. Oh, boy. Yeah, I told you. Uh, I like the poster a lot. Like, I saw the poster before I saw the trailer. Like, I yeah. saw the poster of him sitting in that chair, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, oh, he, he does kind of look like Craven here. And the poster was like, 
uh, trailer now available. So I scrolled down just a little bit further, hit play on the YouTube video, immediately disappointed. Like mm-hmm. it was, it is. It's oh like, boy. it's like the Morbius trailer, but instead of bats, it is a lion. lion. <laughs> like literally. I have lion powers, guys. Like, he like gets attacked by a lion and then. Doesn't fight it. But, but the lion like bleeds in his wound. Yeah. Sure. And then. Fucking so crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I like great. I don't understand. Like if you have Spider-Man has had hundreds of villains over the years. Most of those no one's ever heard of. No one cares about the few villains that make it to the top are because they have something unique and interesting about them. So whenever it comes time to adapt them for cinema, you would think, hey, let's take the root of the core of the character, the thing that works about them, and use that. Or what we could do is take what works about the character and what made them popular and famous and rise above all these other hundreds of villains that never made it anywhere. We just strip all that away. Yeah. That'll work. I also don't like that he has an American accent. Like Russell Crowe has I a know. Russian accent. He's not Craven, but then Craven, who is like Russian in the in the comics, yeah, they're just like, no, he doesn't talk like that. But I'm like, he should be though. Yeah, I want to. I want to see. But maybe it's because of like, oh, we've got some like, you know, global strife going on with Russia. Then don't make the fucking movie. Yeah, you know what, Sony, just don't make the movie at all. Or don't do it. Make him Ukrainian or make yeah. make up a Russian like state, you know? Yeah. Uh Globog Stocky Putinburg. Putonian. Yeah, just like make some make something up. Like mm-hmm. um but make him like a big game hunter. Make him like a like a 35, 40 year old man with a big fucking black mustache mm-hmm. that kills animals. Who's going to go see that? I don't want to see a movie where, like, the protagonist is killing animals. Because he I'm shouldn't be the protagonist. To... Like, exactly, yeah. Sh- like, yeah, it goes back to this movie just should not be made. Like, yeah, yeah put Craven in a Spider-Man movie, but make him a villain because yeah. that is what is interesting about him. The tagline on the poster says, some villains are made. Yeah. But he's not a villain in this. Like, there's nothing villainous. He's supposed to be, like, an de- anti-hero because he's... But he's not a villain then. Yeah. Like, it is a red band trailer because he does, like, it shows people getting capped in the head and, like... He bites a guy's nose off or something. Yeah, spits it out. Yeah. But it's, like, it it doesn't look good. And then also, it wasn't worth it. Right. (laughs) And and apparently the director, um, I'm not familiar with any of his work, but I've heard that he is a very, very good director and, like, has made a bunch of really, really good movies. And I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I like Russell Crowe. There's a lot of things that line up here that I should enjoy about this, but like, I mean, look, at some point, I'm sure it'll, it'll come up on streaming and I'll just watch it just to laugh at it. I have not watched Morbius because I cannot fucking stand Jared Leto and I will never watch it. Um, We're going to watch it on the next episode of the show. What bums me out is Jared Leto is in several of my favorite movies. Is he really? It's a bummer. Yeah. Um. Well, Blade Runner 2049 uh, oh. One of my all-time favorite, just favorite, favorite, favorite movies. Um, he's in a considerable amount of, and apparently, I th- uh, he's supposed to be in. Uh, I think the next Dune movie, um, which I am not happy about. Um, 
up. He's going to melt everyone's sand in an <laughs> envelope. Uh, let's see. So the director of Craven is J.C. Chandor. Yes. He directed Margin Call, All is Lost, A Most Violent Year, and Triple Frontier. I've heard A Most Violent Year is really fantastic. Uh, I've never seen any of them, seen any of them but uh, you know. Oh, it has Oscar Isaac in it. Yeah, man crush right there. Yeah. Boy. Triple Frontier. Oh, also has uh, Oscar Isaac in it. Okay, and Ben Affleck. Moon Knight and Batman? What? Standing shoulder to shoulder. Charlie Hunnam, said no one. <laughs> He's that guy. He's <laughs> a blonde guy that is in something. He's just a default person they yeah. put in there. <laughs> it's like a standee. Uh, but yeah, so Craven doesn't look good. I'm sure uh, it will come out and bomb. And then Sony will be like, well, that was great. What else we got? You know, Madam Webb, you're next. <laughs> oh, yeah, literally. That's true. Which sucks because I like Adam Scott a lot and I just I know. want success for him. But, you know, I don't. I'm I'm a huge Spider-Man mark. I, I have almost no interest in yeah. Madam Webb. She's like a C-list character that's like a supporting character to support other characters, you know? Yeah, I don't... I do not understand. Like, what is the plot? Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Sony movies anymore unless it's uh, unless it's the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. I yeah. still haven't seen the new one. You haven't seen uh, it? No. I, no. Oh. There's a bunch of movies out I want to see right now. I'm trying to talk my wife into just like, let's just go to the movies one day, mm-hmm. like for an entire day and just like movie hop. Hell yeah. And go see Guardians and go see Spider-Verse. You haven't seen Guardians 3 yet either? Oh my God. I know. Ross, I'm not uh, even joking. I cried throughout almost the entirety of that movie. I've, I've heard it's a real tearjerker. Oh my God. Like you're a, a animal fan yeah, as I've, well. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I've heard some content warnings, which kind of gave, like, I... I Figured that's where it's gonna go because I know in the comics a little bit, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured there's gonna be some animal sad stuff. There's some animal sad stuff in this, oh, right. but you know sometimes you get to get through the sad stuff to get to the uh, the good stuff on the other side. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that being said, let's talk about one of the most most emotional comics ever made. Gen thirteen number one from 1994, again from Wildstorm slash Image Comics. Now, DC Comics. <laughs> we uh we both read this uh on the DC Comics app. Um Yeah. You had pitched this comic on the last Hidden Track episode. Yeah. You did not own this comic. I didn't own this comic. I own it, it's just in storage somewhere <laughs> and I don't want to look for it. Amongst the thousands and thousands of other ones. Yeah. Um, um, what what was the uh, the reasoning behind uh, wanting to to read this one? I know we had just finished up all of our uh, image uh, founders launch titles. Uh, what was the uh, the precedents for Gen Thirteen Number One? Well, what's your history with uh, this? So so my my when I think back to Gen Thirteen, it is a, a little bit further on into the series when I feel like it really hits its stride. Those are like the issues that I remember. You know, the mm-hmm. obvious like the the thir- the three thirteen issues, yeah. thirteen A, B, and C. Um, like all of those, like those are the ones that like in my mind, I think of whenever I think Gen 13. Yeah. I have not gone back and read, um, cause this is like the mini series. Yeah. Um, I've not gone back and read these in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll occasionally go back and flip through some of those, some of those, you know, when it, when it gets into the closer to the teens. Yeah. Um, that was like, like the sweet spot. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
when J. Scott Campbell was selling the book regularly and he was really just like slaying it art wise. Do you remember the end of uh, what was that? The one issue it was like issue 14 or 15 or 16, something like that, where the last page is a splash of the three uh, female leads all in lingerie. Oh, do I? <laughs> When the the kid that dressed up uh, as kind of like what the wild things are, yeah, 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 and he was like Maximilian, and he but was like super smart. Wasn't he? Didn't he just look like a kid? Yeah, he just Wait, looked like a kid. Is that what it was? He wanted okay. to turn them into his sex slaves. Oh, well, oh. I mean, like at the time that issue came out, I was like, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome. Like, not like sex slavery is awesome, but like right. just being a horny teenage boy seeing other like teenage like hot teenage babes and lingerie is awesome but like yeah now that i'm like much older much older i'm like yeah oh boy <laughs> yeah it's... i feel like in my head i have to be like no they're all like 18 19 or whatever right you know? the, the 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 i guess maybe kind of saving grace is that uh i mean j scott campbell wouldn't have been that much older yeah um so it's not like the same as like a forty-year-old man drawing like teenagers in their lingerie. Why are you looking at me so intensely? I told you that's no. just some, that's just a hobby for me. Ah, sorry, teenagers lingerie. <laughs> no, it's uh yeah there there's some stuff even in this reading this one I was like whoa. <laughs> but wait, isn't she like Fairchild in college? Isn't she like a oh, freshman yeah. or something in college? So yeah, they, they have to all be yeah. 18. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, they're cool, all 18. Cool, 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 they're all 18. Cool. Hey, very cool yeah. then, man. Hell yeah, dude. Roxy smokes cigarettes, so she has to be 18. Ob legally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't let her. You can't you can't smoke cigarettes no. when you're underage, dude. No. Never never at all has it ever happened. No. Think of one time it happened. Guess what? It didn't. No. <laughs> I remember uh one of our friends in when we were in high school. Uh, he worked at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. um, he was a twin. I'll give you that much. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, we went to see him up at his job, and he was taking a break. And uh, to tell you how long ago this was, he was in the lobby of the McDonald's, just like 12 feet away from the uh, counter table, sitting at one of the booths, smoking a cig. And he was like six, 15, 16. Was this in Catoosa, Oklahoma? Yes, it was. Yeah. That was the same one I worked at. Yeah. Maybe around the same time. It was wild thinking back. Like you could you could smoke a cig standing by the counter of a food store, mm -hmm. food store, food store, yeah, food store, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, anyways, wild. Um, so mm -hmm. okay, Gen Thirteen Numero Uno. Mm -hmm. Um, this is not the um. We do not have the original issue, so this is a little bit. Um, some of the credits might be weird to suss out here i mean they they should be like somewhat consistent uh, i did try to yeah. find a physical copy i went to two or three different actual comic shops this past week yeah trying to track down a copy because there's something uh there's a, a portion of this comic that i saw and i was like this looks way different than the rest of this comic to me i wonder yeah. if this is in the original or if they went back like eric larson on that first savage dragon issue versus the trade right where he added some extra pages or whatever yeah but we'll we'll get to that yeah, yeah. do you want to go through the, the yeah. credits here uh so co-creators i don't remember this but co-creators uh are listed as jim lee and brandon Choi. i did not know jim lee was one of the co-creators oh yeah that i knew i guess I um i believe that. the gen 13 characters or at least fairchild first appeared in that like deathmate yes. issue yeah that's right so i think that's like Okay. Kind of spinning off from that. It makes sense. Which is fucking weird that 
you can't just get that. Like if you want to, if you love Gen thirteen, sure. Like you can. It's not gonna have the image I on the cover anymore. It's gonna have the DC logo, right? But you can find that on their uh, their comic uh, app or whatever. Yeah. So it's out there, but you're not going to get the the thirteen A, B, and C because it has all kinds of different fucking characters. Like Wolverine is in that issue. Yeah. So that's gonna be a no go. And then um, the uh, uh, the Deathmate issue. Oh yeah. Because. I'm not even sure who owns some of those characters in that issue. Right. Because it's like either Valiant or maybe Acclaim and then could – I don't fucking know. I don't know how you untangle that web, but yeah, it seems like a fucking nightmare. But I, I do remember when I read those fucking Deathmate issues last year. God damn, what a slog. <sighs> that uh, that last issue, I think, with uh, the, uh, the Jim Lee art. It looks yes. good, but holy shit, the Brandon Choi – like text, the caption boxes, the dialogue, all of it is so fucking much, dude. I don't know if yeah. he's getting paid by the letter. Holy shit. It it's was wild. dense. Unnecessary. This one isn't as bad. It's still pretty wordy, but it's not as bad as some Brandon Choi comics. Yeah. Um uh, so the story, uh created by Jim Lee, Brandon Choi, story by Jim Lee, Brandon Choi, pencils by one Mr. J. Scott Campbell. Mm-hmm. All yep. praises be. <laughs> Inks by Alex Garner, who was Jaco's anchor for a long time. Might still be. Oh yeah. I feel uh, like I think, he and I think uh, J. Scott Campbell inks himself now because the only oh, time we okay. see his his like signature on art is yeah, like him and Campbell. then uh, Nye Rafino. I'm so used color. to seeing Garner, <laughs> Campbell yeah, Garner. Yeah. Like it just in my head, those two, like just, it's like Jim Lee and Scott Williams. Yeah. Like I can just see the Jim Lee and Scott Williams signature on everything. Um, colors by Mr. Joe Kyoto, who was busy as fuck around this time, apparently. Yeah. Um, uh, color separators, Ben Fernandez, Joe Dunn, Jessica Ruffner, uh, letters by Chris Iliopoulos. Hell yeah. Ink assist by Sandra Hope. Um, she she's, she did a lot of work. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, color assist, Wendy Fouts, Monica Benet, uh, Paige Applebaum. Hmm. Got them Applebottom jeans. Um, production, <laughs> uh, Dennis Heiser, Chris Milos, and editors, Deborah Marvin and Bill Kaplan. So those are the credits for Gen 13 number one. Mm-hmm. Um, start out with a little bit of a flashback because, hey, ain't a number one issue, image number one issue, so I got a flashback <laughs> starting off. Especially like the Wild Storm stuff. I feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 1979, unknown people running from uh, big, beefy government agents in mm-hmm. cybernetic suits. Uh, we don't know who any of these people are, but we can kind of assume uh, a couple things that obviously the redhead girl's probably going to be Fairchild. Right. Um, the art in this, uh, starting out, um, kind of rough. Yeah, that's what I thought. It, it seems like these are just drawings and not like characters with volume to them, you yeah. know, except yeah. for like one or two pages. Right. And yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But um, uh, I think the the layouts are decent. For what they are, but there are some weird um, little nitpicks. Like this first time we see Fairchild, she's like 
uh, all the way over to the right from the uh, top to the bottom. Her feet are kind of like trailing down to the panel underneath, and it yeah. gets lost a little bit. Um, I do like the amount of detail in the panels. Full uh, backgrounds. Cool. Yeah. Not yeah. skimping like some of those other image guys. We <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's doing yeah. full on like detailed, detailed backgrounds full yeah. of people that all look different and all have you. That, that's one thing I think that always stood out to me with Gen 13 above a lot of image stuff was like there was so much characterization and everything. Yeah. Um, Jess Scott Campbell is just a master at like, uh, like I look at him almost more as a cartoonist as opposed mm-hmm. to a comic book artist. I mean, I know that the line there is thin, mm-hmm. um, but if you know, you know. You know, his characters are expressive. He nails yeah. the acting on a lot yes. of them. And uh, whereas, like, I like Jim Lee's art like overall, but I will say, like, over the past I don't know ten years or so, I've kind of fallen off of how much I enjoy his work just because his characters are just they just kind of like stand there and have. Either a grimace or no expression at all. Yes, you know he he's a he's a fucking phenomenal artist, but he's like kind of a middling comic book artist. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference. Like people will look maybe look at a picture of like a like a big like a big splash page of Batman drawn by Jim Lee and be like, wow, that's really fucking impressive. And it is. Uh, they may look at the same like another splash page by um, uh, Chris Somney. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people in their mind, like detail equals good. So they'll look at a Chris right. Somney and be like, well, that's not as good. Mm-hmm. Where in reality, like Chris Somney is a fucking God tier comic book artist. Right. Um, you can read one of his comic books without any dialogue and understand everything. Can't right. really do that with the Jim Lee. Yeah. He doesn't really have the um, quite. I mean, he's good. I don't want to say Jim Lee's like bad at this, but like no. panel to panel, like you know, it's it's it'd be kind of hard to follow a lot of Jim Lee stuff. But yeah. Chris Somney, somebody like Chris Somney, is like international. It doesn't matter what language you speak, you could pretty much follow a Chris Somney book. Yeah, because he's just he's a fuck and with minimal line work too. He's just a fucking. I always use him as an example because it's deceptively simple, but like. When you read it, it just flows and it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. like um, Stan Sakai. Oh my god, that's yeah, another one another that's go. like, uh, like yeah, don't need you don't even need dialogue. Like mm-hmm. you can just read, look at the pictures, and the story flows beautifully. Right. Um, J. Scott Campbell um, isn't a bad panel to panel. He's he's more along the lines of like a Jim Lee, whereas like his his stuff is really good, but like. Mm-hmm. His character models, you know, he he bends and stretches his character models a lot. Like, you know, to to make an expressive panel, somebody's legs might be super long, you know, which kind of leans almost into that cartoonish character uh, category, whereas like a Jim Lee is always probably going to be like really strictly on model. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like you were saying, uh, he's got a more cartooniness uh, element to his more modern and like even even like... Uh, this is the Gen 13 miniseries number one. And then, like, once yeah. the actual series starts, I believe his artwork improves by leaps and bounds oh. from there. And uh, he really is good at, yeah, like you were saying, being expressive with, like, how someone holds their arm even, you know? Yeah. Even it, though it may not have that the bombast of a Jack Kirby, it still is, like, all about storytelling, all about how a character right. reacts to something or whatever. So uh, I feel like uh, J. Scott Campbell is really good about... Uh, when he, he he doesn't really do interior work now, but at the time, he yeah. would uh, put thought into 
like try to interpret the mindset of the character that he was illustrating yes. to like get that point like, across. And, and it's like, it's like uh, if you were to strip away all the features on a Jim Lee character and strip it down to like, lot like, you know, just, just, uh, you know, head, like, like shapes, mm-hmm. you know, like men's heads are all going to kind of fit like a certain shape. Right. And, and, but, but you, you, you go and look at Gen 13 and if you were to strip down like grunge standing, standing next to burnout, mm-hmm. grunge is like all squatty and wide and, mm-hmm. you know, like proportionally no human being looks like that. Right. Um, and then you got Bobby who's like tall and slender. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but what's cool about it is like, you know, you can see their silhouette and know exactly right. who it is exactly, because yeah. um, he, he just just the way he kind of it's almost like when you see cartoonists like a like a Matt Groening or somebody, you know, like we'll start drawing Bart Simpson and he starts with just basic shapes, mm-hmm. you know, and like this is how you build the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and they teach you they teach you that in cartooning is to like, you know, start with shapes right. um, and kind of stack them together. And then that's the outline for your character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I like about J. Scott Campbell is like he's got that Jim Lee kind of swag a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like that uh, just like really sharp line work and like detailed, you know, stuff going on and just really uh, like gorgeous, you know, renders of, of things. But he takes it in more of a cartoon. He's a he's a cartoon Jim Lee, which yeah. I mean, sign me up. I mean, <laughs> it's fucking great. Well, like, I think that's my my thing with this is like I, I didn't really enjoy the artwork that much in this particular issue, but I know how great he becomes later on. Like yeah. just like steadily again, once that, the ongoing gen 13 series starts on through his modern work, even though it's primarily just covers, it's just fucking stellar all the way through. Yeah. Even like he does a lot of uh, covers for like Xenoscope or a lot of like cheesecake, like pinup looking covers yeah. of pretty women. But he also does like these great backgrounds, which is something that people don't really focus on, but like, Oh yeah. All of that stuff looks great too. Like he, he's more mm-hmm. well-rounded than people give him credit for. Oh, very much. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's something to commend. I think on something like this for the first issue of the miniseries of Gen Thirteen, I feel like this is like he maybe just started with Wildstorm and they had a house style that he was trying to fit into. It looks, yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. And I think it was like maybe this was the best he could do at the time or whatever, which honestly isn't bad, all things considered. He's eighteen, also. Yeah. Fucking crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> like... And then, uh, yeah, so he, all things considered, this is still like one of the more readable, like early image titles, one of the early Wildstorm titles, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just gets better, like from here, you know? Yeah. So, like, so, so we get, you know, the Fairchild, um, walking up. I I love that she's like this, like, like her glasses are like cartoonishly big. You can kind of already see the influence of him, like, kind of exaggerating things. Yeah. Um, and I love Fairchild right there. Uh, she just looks, she looks great. It's just mm-hmm. a great intro to her. Um, especially where she ends up at the end of the book. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you get a, because right now she's like in college and she's like, a, a, a kind of like a mousy redhead, yes. uh, bookworm type character. Yeah, I approve. Um, <laughs> uh, and then she's got a, she's got a roommate who's like stripping in front of her. Who's like all messy and who has like, posters on the wall that are you know like alt bands that was one thing that you could kind of count on him is like he he was young so he knew what um like how people how kids dressed yeah yeah it's like a really really and like even now going back and looking at it like yes it looks dated but not in the way that like 
Alan Davis trying to draw teenagers looks outdated. You know, <laughs> Alan like, Davis got locked into hairstyles in 1974. I, and look, and I never love Alan Davis. He's great. He's great. Yeah, I am not knocking him, but when he tries to draw teenagers or teenage fashion, you're like, mm, mm, that's boy. that's a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Uh, but but gonna... but he just has a great sense for uh, J. Scott Campbell has a great sense for fashion because like you look at these, you're like, yeah, they dress like what 90s kids dressed like, right? Like cool 90s kids dress like, mm-hmm. not like an, a 40 year old's idea of what a cool 90s kids dress like, right? Um, and I I feel like going back to the posters, I feel like they're not. They're like knockoff or like this world's version of that band. Like the the Red Hot Chili Peppers is like Red Hot Pepper Chilies or something like that. Right. Like he would he would know to like flip some of those words around or yeah. change it slightly. There's so one that's like R E N instead of M. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is kind of fun to spot those little like details or whatever you know. Right. Right. Um. Then uh, stuff happens. She gets uh taken into the secret government, and this is where uh, some some of this like government stuff. I feel like you could trim a lot of this down. There's like yeah. a little too much like espionage it's supposed to be a teenage fun book. Like obviously you got to have some of this stuff in there, mm-hmm. but there's like a whole, they, they try to do this whole twisted backstory with Lynch and Ivana. Trump. I think they call him like Jack Lynch in here, but I yeah, thought his name was John. It is. Is it? Okay. I like in later issues or whatever they call I don't him remember John. why that changes, mm-hmm. um, but it's John Lynch. <laughs> I didn't want to be found. Yeah. <laughs> Change it to a four-letter, a different four-letter name that also begins with J. Don't look at my weird eye. It won't give me away. <laughs> um, and then Ivana, which I, I thought was funny because Ivana Trump at the time was like a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, they didn't really so, look too far because uh, Dan yeah. Quell was at the right. end of uh, Wildcats. Is Wildcats, right? yeah. Yeah, so Jim Lee very much had an eye toward the like politics at yeah, the 90s, yeah. yeah. And then you, uh, you've got, uh, what is it, uh, Threshold, yeah. who uh, is also in DV8, which we might, I don't know, did you read much DV8? No, but I uh, I dug out the uh, the issues, uh, so oh, I have those here. Man. Yeah. A lot of fun. Are they? Yeah. Yes. It's like, you know, it's like the, the twisted dark version of Gen 13, but yeah. like in a fun, like it's the, the Warren, early Warren Ellis, because mm-hmm. they're all Warren Ellis and uh, Humberto Ramos. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And, uh, but they're fun. Are they? It's like it was like the, uh, probably the first Warren Ellis book that I ever read. Okay, I yeah. picked one of them up on a whim and was like, I I, I liked Humberto Ramos at the time, obviously, sure, yeah. but like didn't know anything about Warren Ellis because he really hadn't done much at the time, and it was just like this fucking rules. I love this because yeah. I love Gen thirteen, and it was fun to see like the dark, you know, yeah. goth versions of Gen thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Warren Ellis really nailed like the, I mean. Nailed the teenage voices better than Brandon Choi does. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that is one kind of thing where it's like J. Scott Campbell really nailed like teenage, just teenage fashion and teenage look and all that. Mm -hmm. Brandon Choi does not nail teenage voices. Uh, Um, He doesn't nail many voices at all. He's just serviceable, if anything, right? Yeah. Um, So on this scene with Threshold, uh, let's see, we've got one, two, uh, yeah, like two pages for a threshold like practicing fighting uh his like henchmen or whatever yeah and this is what i was talking about these two pages look like they were added after the fact because this uh on this next page where threshold is standing all the way to the left uh, bottom left full body shot this looks like what we would know from j scott campbell like there's volume to his like figure and everything the acting is more on point you know it's not as squiggly looking the the uh rendering is like overall better 
And I know that at the beginning of the the comic and the credits, Alex Garner is credited as the inker, and then Sandra Hope helped some. So I don't know if she inked these two, but Interesting. these it's I, I I don't know who inked what. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that I does just thought look, that was interesting. Yeah, the line work does look different. Because if you just take these two pages out, it really doesn't do that much. Like the the page before that scene, it has him like yelling at his like sister that yeah i think they're like incestuous or some shit they are right? yeah. yeah it's it's uh they make the subtext text and deviate oh <laughs> it is a dark boy. it is a dark weird book yeah uh, i love it yeah um i don't know if you notice this here but they're um so so they're in this government facility where they got all these teenagers and tr- they're trying to see if they're gen active um yeah. and you see at one point they're looking at camera monitors um, looking at different teenagers, and there's one uh, camera that is pointed directly into the woman's locker room, and these are arguably oh, yeah. supposed to be like teenagers or young people. Yeah, it's kind of like the X Men, where your uh, gene uh, yeah. doesn't activate till you're in like going through puberty or yeah. whatever. So, well, that's oh, that's hmm. or well, that's through a an intense uh, traumatic experience. Yeah, aren't these the kids from? the beginning of this issue though like that redhead wasn't fairchild was it like i thought they called her a different name they did but see that's what i've been trying to remember because i know they tie a lot of stuff together um later on like people are like people are related in ways that you don't didn't like realize and i'm trying to remember i think that lynch is that's bobby's Bobby's dad dad. burnout yeah but then something happens later i think he's also fairchild's dad Oh, oh! So burnout and Fairchild are brother and sister. I'm a, don't quote me on that. It's been a long time since I've read them, and I know they did some twists like that later on. Uh, but they're they're they added like they keep adding like links to everything. Um, but so I don't know if that's like a like a literal red herring, the redheaded child at the first. Um, yep. if that's supposed to be like you're supposed to just assume that that's Fairchild. Mm-hmm. I it's been so long since I've read these. I don't remember all the. And they, you know, it gets as this as a series goes on, they kind of lose a little bit. Like I, I fall off at a certain point because J. Scott Campbell's not drawing it anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They had some decent artists come after, but it, it never quite gained that same energy that it had early on. Until yeah, it went to uh, like Al Rio did some like yeah, villain Al, issues, yeah. and then he did like like a a few issues before Gary Frank came on, and then it was uh uh like Adam Warren wrote it, and then uh Ed Bennis. Uh, drew yes. it for a while. And Those were good, good, but like I loved it whenever Adam Warren came on. He really Fucking like nailed it. Reinjected a bunch of like energy into it, but it yeah. was like the early two thousands, and it was just like naturally kind of running out of steam. Yeah. Like DC had taken over at that point, and was yeah, just like he did some really interesting shit. Though I remember like being like, wow, he's really taken like the, uh, the this world, and not like because sometimes people have the tendency to take a world and like you know, like try to add lore into it and it just doesn't work. But his, I felt like all of the stuff that he did was like, I remember him being like explaining why all these gen actives were also attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, like he gave like a, like a, like a legitimate, like believable, like rundown. So the readers of, can jack off to it. Well, so I mean, that's how it starts, you know, but, but like, no, they didn't do that intentionally. They're just like, we just want to draw hot people. But yeah, then he I mean, came through and like, notice like, Hey, all these gen active people are like super attractive. And he like worked that into the story about why they're all super attractive and like what that means and like how they 
react with each other and it was just it was all really really well done yeah it was um, just like good like superhero adventure comics yes it was just like pure it was so fucking good yeah. adam warren wildly underrated as a comic I still understand why he's not more popular he <sighs> doesn't make sense he needs to be in everyone's uh thoughts and prayers at all times agreed yeah um then we get a hot lady um <laughs> with some chippendale dudes around her um this is threshold's sister right yes slash uh fuck buddy probably uh and she's hot as hell like this is this is where we're seeing Chase Scott Campbell really like, hey, cheesecake. Yeah. You want your cheesecake? Here you go. Yeah. And I feel I, like <laughs> on on that close up face, like the eye looks good, the mouth kind of looks good, but like they don't necessarily work together quite yet. Yeah. But you can definitely tell there's like something to all of this. He's right? almost leveling up by the page, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like I feel like this gets better and better as you go on. And I did actually read like uh I didn't like fully read. I just like kind of just kept flipping ahead um with the app just kept flipping through uh Oh, I, that I collected two through, yeah. all the way through 4. Uh-huh. Um just cuz I was like I I just want to see the art more than anything and yeah. man, even in these four issues, like by the end of the fourth issue, he's like a totally different artist than really? the first one. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's not quite what he is, you know, later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh like it just it's just a constant progression that happens very quickly. Yeah. Um and you get some more government shit. And I'm like, this government stuff, like, what do we get? Just like six pages where like we didn't get any of the Gen 13 people on it? You have twenty two pages. I know, I know. And at this time there are only like four characters or four gen the- good lord, four gen thirteen like team members essentially in this comic. And then Rainmaker gets added like a few issues in. I think. No, no, she's, she's in the, she's in the first group with the group that, ex- ex- yeah, she's in the whole group. Yeah. But she's not in this first issue. Yeah. Is she really? Yeah. I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we, we, we get a, uh, overweight, angry, uh, uh, burly woman who of course is, German, uh, and of course, What's her name Ursula. Oh fuck! Uh, uh, I, I just closed the app. God damn it! We're 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 looking at this through an app, but uh, I wanted to see her name because it's like the most cliche German, like burly woman name, like uh, Helga. Helga. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Literally that. Yeah. Right there. Helga. And then uh, the last panel down at the bottom is like a wolf howling at a moon. <laughs> It's like needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. Helga Kleinman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I wonder where that stereotype came from. <laughs> um, Germany. Yep. No. Yeah. They did it to themselves. And so Fairchild's in this. Uh, she thought it was going to be like a uh, like an internship. And it, it, mm-hmm. it turned out to be more like militaristic. And she's having weird feelings about it. Then she runs into uh, she first other Gen thirteen character she runs to into is my personal fave, one Mister Grunge, uh, Edmund Chang, Eddie Chang. Uh, isn't it uh, Edmund Percival Chang? Edmund Percival Chang. Yeah. Fuck. What did I say? I no, you're right. You just left the, the, I left the Percival yeah, yeah, off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eddie, Very yeah, Eddie Chang. Yeah. Um. Uh. Love. Fucking love grunge. He's I, just the best. It never really clicked with me back in the day that grunge was Asian. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, his name is Chang. Yeah, he's like right. Asian. And like I see it now. And yeah. plus it's like Jim Lee. He he was always always pretty good about 
adding like some type of Asian character yeah. in his works. Um, so that that totally makes sense to me. I do think it's funny that like you know this issue came out in '94. Maybe they started. I I don't remember what year that Deathmate issue came out. '93, whatever the case, grunge wasn't in that. But it's a character where you're like, oh yeah, what's a popular music style now? Grunge. Okay, we'll we'll do that. Yeah. So <laughs> if it would have been just like a year later, he could have been named New Metal. You know. You know, like yeah. corn came out in '94, so they didn't have enough time to like oh, backpedal it. You know, Oof, yeah, would have been good. Yeah, would have been real good. Um, so yeah, he runs into Fairchild. Then you you end up meeting uh, also uh, Freefall and uh, did they get Bobby's last name? Burnout. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I thought they just called him Bobby. Yeah, um, Freefall, aka Roxy, and then Burnout, aka Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, Bobby has like a really weird, uh, burnout has like a really weird persona. He seems like, like angry and like Mm -hmm. brooding, Yeah, which that is not who he is later. No, but I think more like carefree and fun. And yeah, I think like with any like superhero story, you have your character act one way and then like over time, yeah, you know, you develop it and it turns to a, a different thing that gets canonized. Yeah. Um, and so then you get through, uh, so then they all kind of run into each other and introduce to each other. And then they, uh, you cut to kind of like a montage of them like working out and you find out later that they're basically trying to stress them out to, uh, uh, activate, activate their, yeah. their powers. And I love, uh, you get, you have a little scene with the grunge, uh, running on a treadmill in giant lace up Doc Martin boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, yeah, you get some more. Then you get back to this fucking. They keep going back. It's not that interesting. No, you know? it's they, really not. They really could have made like a, a a spread of that like montage of the the team coming together and bonding as a, a group since yeah. they're all part of the same Gen thirteen uh cluster there. But no, they have like one. It is a larger panel on that page, but then they jump back to the government shit. That's just not at all no. interesting. Uh, then you, uh, we get to Fairchild. She, she's feeling bad. She tries to go to the infirmary, and as she's going there, you see, oops, she tries to open up a door. She leaves a giant hand imprint. I mean, she's getting stronger. Finds a computer, searches herself, and thinks, what, what, what's happening here? Um, and then she sees Fairchild, Alex Fairchild. That's my father's name. So I guess she never really knew her father. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, old Grunge and Roxanne uh, pop in. She accidentally sets off an alarm. Grunge looking like a badass with an unbuttoned flannel shirt and cut off short, cut off jean shorts. <laughs> Fucking love that look. He's got the bear slippers. Yeah, on he's got as the well. bear slippers. And one of the cooler Fucking things. Fucking great. One of the cooler things about Grunge is he has tattoos. Yeah. Which you really didn't see that often in yeah, that's comics. True. Yeah. And it's not like they're just like tribal tattoos where they're just like, ah, just let me scribble some black lines on there. They're like detailed. Like on his chest, he's got a skull with green wings. Yeah. You know, rules. And then like uh, he's got additional tattoos that we'll see like later on in the series or whatever. Yeah. And I think they get tattoos at one point. Pretty sure. Oh, he rocks yeah. in. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. She gets that little like heart on her like hip or yeah, whatever. She does. Yeah, 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 she, she does. Yeah, There's a whole yeah. cover for that one, bro. <laughs> I definitely remember that cover. Yeah. Burned into my thing. Oh, bank. that was on that Gen 13 zine cover. That's, she was that that's right. That's, that's right. Was, yeah. 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 Um, Roxanne was always my free fall. That was mm-hmm. always my girls with like that, that hair where it's yeah. like one color in the back and then it's like another 
color up front, like yeah. two strips in the front, different mm-hmm. color, kind of like your rogue or whatever. Yeah. It does it for me. <laughs> That's a, a songbird from Thunderbolts. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, these are big things for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the troopers come in, um, and, uh, her, uh, Fairchild. Fairchild's powers start activating. Okay, so maybe you're right. Maybe she's not in this first issue, but she she immediately. Yeah, Rainmaker isn't. What's crazy is she immediately shows up in the next issue. Um. In the like, like literally like, it's them like it, it's like a quick rapid cut to them um. Uh, escaping the facility, and she's like right there with them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So that's why I thought she was there because, like, she is there. Like the next issue, like right away, like immediately. Oh yeah, and Pitt shows up in oh, issue weird. three. Really, really strange uh, crossover <laughs> there. Like all of a sudden, just like Pitt is there. He was another sure. image character. Um, he was the uh, the first non-image founder launch series, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, so th- there, there's another version of it on here that's like a collected and it looks like the coloring is like adjusted. Yeah. Um, I actually think the colors look a little bit better on yeah. this different version. Too, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like, cause if you go to the, uh, the cover of issue two, it has Rainmaker's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Picture down at the bottom and, it's like, and introducing Rainmaker and then you get the team and like, there she is right there. Like, oh, so she's with them when they're running out. Yeah. And like the, the figure work looks like more solid here. Yeah. Even. Who's this guy? Uh, he, he's a, he's like a, he's like helping them escape. And then you find out that he's actually on, uh, like it's, it, they let them escape to see if they could activate their powers, like through stress or whatever. Um, but he was like, he's like pretending like he's helping them, but actually he's working with IO oh. to, uh, simulate this like escape thing on the uh the character names up at the top of this page it says uh the gang in this case consists of roxy spaulding grunge chang sarah rainmaker i thought she had a different first name for some reason but evidently not uh bobby lane bobby lane so is that is that uh is that a allison change reference (laughs) is it because I know he's like a big like he's also like a big because he plays guitar and he like loves oh like lane staley lane staley yeah Huh. I don't know. Maybe. Good Maybe day. not. Who yeah. knows? And, and, and then and Tom, Tom Hallinan. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, but even, even you know, looking at this second issue, like you can see some leveling up already oh, happening yeah. here. Um, and it just, it just, it just continues uh, over and over. You get some good bondage stuff in here. Um, it's all fun. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. So, so this first issue, what do you, what are you thinking on it? Like, it's not the best. Like the no. the art is a little bit wonky. Yeah. Uh, except for those like two pages, they look like pretty good. Eh, maybe like two and a half pages, and then the story is just like, oh my god! Like the military stuff, consistently on Wildstorm stuff. I just do not care. I don't have it in me to care about yeah. any of that stuff. You know, outside of like an occasional thing here or there. Like I know Stormwatch and the Authority are like kind of touch on that just a little bit you know yeah but not to the level of this where it's just like people and then like overly rendered metallic room talking nonsense or whatever warren ellis essentially takes a few things that work from Mm -hmm. this and then like makes it more palatable yeah like makes it way better yeah (laughs) 
Um, yeah. But uh, overall, like I like these characters. Um, I've kind of checked out some series here and there over the years when they've been like rebooted at DC and whatnot. But yeah, um, uh, you know, there's just that sweet spot for the the Gen 13 comics we read growing up to where the the artwork was hitting. I don't remember the like problems with the uh, the writing at that time, but primarily I was there for the J. Scott Campbell art. Exactly. You know, like. Yeah what more do you want you know i felt like at that point maybe the the writing um was in support of his artwork a little bit more that's a lot of the late that's it's a pretty good representation of the late 90s yeah um but uh but yeah like overall it was fun to reread i forgot how all of the stuff got started to begin with you know yeah Um, i I flipped ahead i think this is the third issue um and just just take a look at that uh, it's 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 Fairchild holding a gun and yeah. like already like that is mm-hmm. you're seeing the 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 eventual J Scott Campbell come out here yeah uh, he just gets better and better and better oh, yeah like even there there's some like uh, yeah uh, Art Adams oh totally there. I mean check that out yeah Monkey Man and O'Brien like um and then like and right then, there yeah mm-hmm. you, he's starting to do the more exaggerated um uh, character modeling. Uh, you get more, a lot more cheesecake. Hell yeah. Um, I would recommend, if you're going to read this, um, don't just read the first issue. Like, Go through and, and read like the first four. Mm-hmm. Um, and Especially if you're interested in seeing like an artist progress, which is always, I think, really fun to do. Yeah. Young artist. Um, I, I always, the example I always use is uh, Doug Mankey on uh, The Mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, you go read that first issue and, who boy. It looks, it looks like it was done with colored pencils. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't mean this. I don't. Not trying to be insulting. Like a like a high schooler did it. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was pretty young when he did it. Uh, but by the time you get to like the fourth or fifth issue, mm-hmm. he looks like Jeff Darrow. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. like or like um Mobius or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. Uh, that mask omnibus, I always love to just to show people, because uh, a lot of people that aren't us, um, I feel like they don't, they can't tell artists apart. They can't tell yeah. artwork apart. They haven't been in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. yeah everything so just looks kind of the same. Any yeah. anytime I can like, d- like, force my wife to <laughs> sit down and listen to me for a minute, like I'll I'll do something like that. I'll get out the mask omnibus. I'm like, see this and like try to. She doesn't care. Um, <laughs> she 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 humors me at least, anyways. Um, and just you know, like I like to show people like, look how crazy this gets. Like how how much this just changes. You know, I still don't understand why someone doesn't get the rights to the mask and reboot the franchise and make it like people like movie studios. They want an R-rated superhero movie so badly. You could do that with a mask because that shit is wildly fucking violent. Yeah. So fucking violent. People don't even understand the level of carnage and violence that is contained in the comics. Listener, if you've never read the mask comics from Dark Horse, go check that shit out because Please it is do. it will blow your fucking mind how bloody that is. And check out Lobo versus the Mask. I was about to say. That's God-tier comics right there. One of my all-time like top five series i think i put that on my list of uh like hidden track episodes for us to eventually get to because that that shit is we're so gonna fucking to, we're good. gonna devote like three episodes to that <laughs> just the first issue I, I'm <laughs> it's fucking great that it is it is bug nuts and i, I yeah. feel like not enough people talk about it 
No. Like at one point, a character is screaming and he's not screaming words. His word bubble is literally a bowl with a bisected leg in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like a, a severed leg that has been cut in half, stuffed into a bowl, I think maybe with some entrails. And like he's like screaming, like I think it's Lobo and he's like screaming and it's just... Like it's just that it's like not words. I like I've never seen anybody else do that before. I feel like that is a new metal comic for sure. You God know, God damn it. Yeah, Ugh, I want to. I want to read it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So so so, what would you say? Uh, uh, we we throwing this one in the pit, or we throwing this one in the shit? Um, isn't it has to go in the pit because it's not shit. Like yeah. there's the bones are there for this. It only gets better from here yes. for J. Scott Campbell. Um, Brandon Choi's writing, it is what it is at this point. Like, it's, yeah. you can skip most of it. You can kind of get an idea. Luckily, yeah. J. Scott Campbell is good enough of an illustrator to where, like, you can yes. skip some of the text boxes and word balloons. Absolutely. Because it's just, like, going to be wryly written anyway. Yeah. And uh, you can just go off the character. Oh, he didn't like what she said. She didn't like what he said. Well, let's move on to the next panel or yep. whatever, you know? So. Yeah. Um, and, and also if, if you're interested in checking that, I would, I would recommend, you know, uh, you could maybe even skip the mini series because mm-hmm. I, I feel like whenever they, they would launch the full series, they do go back and like give you a quick rundown over what happened in the first four issues. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's not like required reading and the art is a lot better on, uh, the first issue, like the first of the main series. So yeah. you could probably just start there and, uh, really J. Scott Campbell's not on the series for like a super long time. Mm-hmm. So you could, I, I don't even, I don't even know that he makes it to like 20. Yeah. Um, I think there were even some like fill in issues around that time. Yeah. I believe around that time he was leaving to go do danger girl. Uh, maybe, at yeah. Cliffhanger. That so sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, so yeah. So if you're interested, you know, you don't have a whole lot to read. If you want to read the good stuff, you could start at the first issue of the, of the, of the main series and you, probably could stop around like 15 16 17 somewhere in there i think is when Mm -hmm. he he kind of falls out um and not a lot of issues to go back and read shouldn't be too hard to find them um or they're on the dc app yeah um but one thing i actually didn't check to see if it was on there i don't think it would be maybe Mm -hmm. but the um uh the grunge the movie miniseries and the magical drama queen roxy yeah those are great um uh, those are almost like for me required reading if you're going to read Gen 13. Yeah, those are so much fucking fun. Especially Grunge the movie. Grunge the movie, again, that is one of my all time favorites. That was a, a um, sexy one as well. It is just bug nuts insane, gorgeous fucking gorgeous artwork. Um, and you get to see the Gen 13 characters um, written by someone better. I was trying to think of a polite way to say that. But yeah, it's. it's it, they're both written and drawn by Adam Warren. The aforementioned Adam Warren. Yes, written and drawn, fully, fully done. Well, I mean, he didn't probably may have inked it, but didn't color it. Um, but um, the story and art is all him. Um, and Jesus Christ, the, the the those are some of my favorite books. They might be a little bit tricky to find. You could probably buy them on like eBay or something for pretty cheap. I doubt yeah. they're like crazy expensive. Um, but yeah, they're uh, not on the the DC app yet. But uh, those are. Okay. Must read. Uh, I think like there 13. is some. Does does Gen? Do they have some of the? Th- there was like a Gen thirteen. Like I don't think it was unplugged, but it was something like kind Boot, of an bootleg. Bootleg, yes, yeah. bootleg. Um, 
there's some bootleg issues that I know are really good that a a Adam Warren um, contributed to uh, quite a bit. So um, also also seriously uh, recommend those. So check check those out. Hell yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think that is that is it for for me. I would uh, definitely put this one in the pit. Give it give it at least a thumb up. It's a fun read. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a, a fan of his, the history of comic books, it's a, it's just an interesting, uh, interesting look back at a, at a young burgeoning artist who comes to, becomes a superstar within very short order, uh, within a couple years from this issue when he was a nobody, uh, he is one of the top, if not the top, artist there for for a short while in the late nineties. Mid to late nineties. If uh, people are interested in those Gen Thirteen bootleg comics, I found uh, all three issues of the Grunge the movie uh, story, uh, Gen Thirteen bootlegs uh, number uh, eight, nine, and ten, uh, all for about like two fifty a piece. So they're oh, affordable yeah. for sure. Yes, but those and are oh definitely God, so check those out. So much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, wild shit. Wild. Yeah. Storm it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, good. I'm glad we kept this one short, like we talked about. Yeah, uh, this totally. is really working out for us. So, uh, yeah, we've uh, we've drank the dew, we've listened to the tunes, and we've talked comics. Anything else camper. for you? Um, no. Um, do the do and get fucked, baby. Mm. <laughs> I gotta stop doing this. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh bye.